Welcome to Let's Talk About Grief with your host, Addie Anderson. While death and loss are subjects that nobody likes to discuss, you need to prepare for it and deal with it effectively. On our program, we talk to professionals as well as friends and family members who have lost loved ones to help you help others and understand the grief process. Now, here is Addie Anderson. Hi, I'm Addie Anderson, and I want to welcome you to this episode of Let's Talk About Grief. This is where we come together each week to talk about all things related to grief, death, and dying, and today is no different. Our topic today is coping with grief after a sudden death. And my guests, I have two guests today, and they are Latanya Cobb and Chandra Somerville. Latanya resides in Urbana, Illinois, and is an associate director for undergraduate students at the University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign. Latanya's sister, Lakita, passed in March 2016 unexpectedly from a bilateral pulmonary embolism, and her world has not been the same since that day. Coping has taken on many forms, and Latanya tries to understand that as long as we have breath in our bodies, we will all depart this life in the same way. Her motto is, life happens whether you are here or not. My other guest, Chandra Somerville, also resides in Champaign, Illinois, and serves as the cultural and linguistic competence coordinator for the Champaign County Mental Health and Developmental Disabilities Boards. Since 2014, Chandra has experienced multiple losses, which includes the death of both her parents, two cousins, one to murder and the other by suicide. In addition to this, she lost her very close friend and business partner. In her spare time, she enjoys traveling, volunteering, learning new things to do in her community, spending time with family, and listening to music. Thank you both for being on the show, and welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having us. You're so welcome. But this is a topic, you know, we can talk about all day. You know, we have an hour to try and get in a lot of content, hopefully, that people would be able to learn from and relate to. But before we get deep in conversation, I'd like for you to just let us know who the person was that you lost. You know, what would you like for people to know about your loved one? And Latanya, why don't we start with you? Paint a picture for us of the person you lost. All right, so in 2016, my sister passed away um, unexpectedly. She was a daughter, an aunt, a sister, and a friend. Mm -hmm. Um, Lakita was someone that um, everyone thought was beautiful, and she um, loved the Lord, and she loved the love. And so Mm -hmm. she tried to... Um, combined those two things as often as she could. She had a company. It was called Facets of Love, and it was where she created uh, romantic-themed rooms for married couples. Mm-hmm. And that business grew into her um, just being able to um, decorate for lots of different people, um, mm-hmm. but she only did those like special bedrooms for married people. She was not married, mm-hmm. and she did not have any children, um, but she desired those things very much, and so she put a lot of t- 
time and attention into the work she did. She was also a speech pathologist. That was her uh, her day job. And mm-hmm. she was just a woman who tried to do the best that she could um, with everything that um, she she could. Um, mm-hmm. She was a devoted daughter. My mother had just began living with her um, mm-hmm. over the a few years before, um, and she was just really excited about that time in her life for the both of them. And mm-hmm. she was a great aunt to both of my both of my children. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and you know, I knew Lakita, and what I recall is that she just had a big personality. And uh, you, you just couldn't help but, you know, get connected to her. And whenever she was around, she'd make sure that she made you feel welcome. Definitely, yes. And what about you, Chandra? Tell us about the, the people you lost. So um, for both of my parents, I will call both of them larger in life. Um, they lived in Champaign-Urbana for over, um, my mother lived before she passed away. It was 47 years, and then my father um, was there for 50 years. So I would call them um, cornerstones of our mm-hmm. community. Um, mm-hmm. They were, always had their doors open, and they were educators. They educated um I think a combined of about 20,000 children over Mm. the course of their years. And it was not just in the classroom. It was also out of the classroom. My father was a deacon and a music teacher, and Mm -hmm. he also gave his life to just sharing the love of Jesus to everyone, regardless of your background or anything. He just promoted the love of Christ. My mother was a counselor and a geography teacher um, in the middle school. So she was there and up until her retirement, and then she devoted her time for her family and her grandchildren and great-granddaughter that was born. Um, as mm. far as my cousin, my cousin that was murdered, um, we actually just celebrated his day that we called our Unlimited Day, and he was 20 years old when he passed away. He was a father, a husband. He also was um, in the military, and um, when he was killed, he actually died while he was still in active duty, um, mm. an amazing brother, an amazing cousin. And then my cousin that uh, died by suicide, he was also a husband, a father, a brother, and just um, an amazing, just had a lot of life to give mm-hmm. to people. And then my best friend and uh, business partner that um, I met about 12 years ago, he passed away due, um, he had kidney disease for Mm -hmm. 29 years and actually um, due to complications from those things that happen when you get infection and different things, that's when he passed away earlier Mm. this year, and he was the web person, uh, graphic designer, but also just a person who did things and lived life his way. 
Mm, just some wonderful people. And as you said, you know, living their lives to the fullest and making an impact in, in the ways that they knew how, uh, you know, around the people in their lives and upon this country. Right. Would you say that? Yes. Yes. So let's Absolutely. let's let's just say you've just described and told us told us about, you know, the life of the people in, in your life. So when it came to their death, what were your first thoughts after hearing the news? And just kind of tell us how you how how did you hear about it? Tanya, why don't you um, start? Well, well, um, it was just the first time I heard it, of course, I was like, that's not true. I mean, she was a 44-year-old woman, um, and so it's like, well, that's not true. Who are you talking to? Um, I actually was at a, a large sorority event, and this, mm-hmm. we were celebrating an anniversary of our organization, um, and I was the president of this organization, and so I was very busy running around. We had just finished one part of the day, and we were transitioning um, to the second part of the day. And as I was walking in the hotel, uh, my cell phone went off, and I saw that it was my mother. And I knew I was on my way to this second part of the event, and so my mm-hmm. initial thought was to not answer the phone. You know, I was just going to, you know, say, oh, I'll call you back later. But when I peeked my head in the room, the room was not ready yet. So I was able to pick up the phone really quick. Hey, Mom, you know, how's it going? And I'm being um, greeted by, like, screaming. And I'm like, what's happening? And she's, like, telling me that um, it was, like, 1 o'clock in the afternoon or 2 o'clock in the afternoon in their time zone. And she went into the room because it was late in the afternoon to wake my sister up to do her hair and that she was asleep on the um, chase lounge and not necessarily in the bed and that when she went over to her, she was cold. And then I just, you know, like I don't think I was really comprehending that. I was like, what are you talking about? And I even went and had someone else, like, get on the phone because I'm like, that can't be true. That doesn't even make sense. You know, this, this, the day had been, like, it was just a great day. It was a great event. Um, I was feeling, like, really good. And then out of nowhere, this horrific news um, comes. Um, mm. After that, mm. everything was kind of a, a blur mm-hmm. because I think I fainted. And, um, you know, uh, you know, it was just it was just the shock of it all. Mm-hmm. Like so many things ran through my mind because I live in Central Illinois and they live in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And growing up, it was just me, my mom, and my sister, and so mm-hmm. everyone knows us as um, Joyce and the girls, or you know, we're Latanya and Lakita. You know, we mm-hmm. we are a pair, no matter if we live together or not. People expect to see that, and so. I think all of those things kind of, you know, ran through my mind. Like, well, her, you know, there's, like, there's Latina and Latina and Joyce. Like, this, mm-hmm. this is who we are, and this is who I've identified myself to be for over 40 years. So mm-hmm. it was just um, probably just the most horrible 
experience I've ever had in my life. I can understand that. And, you know, there is no um, sudden death, I guess, that I can think of like that of suicide. And Chandra, when you think about that, and you you mentioned that you have a cousin uh, who died by suicide, tell us about uh, your experience with that. Like, how did you learn about it, and what was your response? Sure. I um, was actually, I had just talked with him maybe about a couple of weeks before, um, because um, just checking in with them, because he had just had a daughter. And when I got the initial call um, from his sister, his sister was the one that called me to say that um, he had one of those, um, the moments where he just was playing video games with his uh, nephew and they just were having just a regular Sunday afternoon. And... um, she stated that there were they were in an apartment building and he had gone into the other apartment the other apartment that was vacant and actually um, had sent a text message before he had um, completed um, the suicide and told everyone he was sorry and mm-hmm. so I often wondered like was there anything that we could have done differently, but I also recognize that, um, you know, with me processing the sudden death of my parents and also the sudden death of my cousin, I really wanted to make sure I focused my support in listening to to her, her his, to his sister mm-hmm. versus focusing on what I was actually doing. And so... When I hear news and heard that news, I just kept thinking in my mind, was there something that I could have done? He was so young. Mm-hmm. And then I just recognized that there were just some things that he had going on um, that none of us could really help him with and that he just really needed some more support. Mm-hmm. So um, I just really just see it as that and just understanding that mental health um, challenges and mental illness is real and Mm -hmm. even when you think that someone who is happy or whatever I often say it's not their job to check in on us it's our Mm -hmm. job to check in on people that may be going through so um, I kind of at that point made it my mission to kind of do check-ins um, mm-hmm. where I know people who may be struggling with some things just mm-hmm. so that they can know they don't have to reach to me. I can actually reach to them. Hmm. I like that. It's like, yeah, yeah I definitely like the way you're thinking about that and, and your approach to it because often, as you said, when people are going through, they're having difficulties they don't see options. And so they really don't know what to do and feeling like there is nothing else to do. And Mm -hmm. for those of us that recognize that, right, especially uh, professionals and even non-professionals are able to do this too, to just kind of reach back and, and keep in touch, stay in touch with people to let them know that, yes, someone is here, we recognize you, uh, even if, you know, there are times when I'm not available, maybe you can do this or do that, just to show people that there are options and that they 
uh, might consider doing something different. Yeah, and the other thing that I did also recognize is that even when and even while I was grieving the loss of, um, and I think that was during the time that my mother had passed away, my father was still a living, my father was still living, um, mm-hmm. they also knew or he also recognized that I was going through and was like, I didn't want to bother you, I didn't want to, you know, and so sometimes even in our own grief, I believe that it's important that we can find some kind of way to not take care of others, but find a way to be able to say, hey, I can't give it all, but here's mm-hmm. something that I may be able to give. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what I had to, you know, just kind of learn and process. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So... Yeah. Um, we're coming up on our first break, and I don't want to get into anything else too deep so that I would not have to cut you off. So why don't we just um, take a break here, and when we come back, I'd like for you to start thinking about how you, what, what was your grief journey like? What has it been like for you? Because it's not over. I, I know that's for sure. So when we come back, just talk to us a little bit about that. I'm speaking with Latanya Cobb and Chandra Somerville. Feel free to leave a comment about the show on my Facebook page at Begin Within Counseling Services. Also, follow me on Twitter at Begin With Addie. We'll be right back. It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are there times when you feel inadequate dealing with the difficult emotions of grieving families? Would you like to help these families but don't know where to start? If so, grief counselor Addie Anderson can help. Discover what many funeral homes already know about meeting the emotional needs of families that they serve. Be a valued resource to families during a time when they need it most. They'll appreciate your commitment to their well-being. Call Addie Anderson at 708-870-6255 to schedule a consultation. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. This is Let's Talk About Grief with Addie Anderson. If you want more information about our program, please feel free to visit therapyoakpark.net. That's therapyoakpark.net. Now, back to Let's Talk About Grief. Welcome back. Uh, we're continuing our conversation today with Latanya Cobb and Chandra Somerville. We're talking about coping with grief after a sudden death, and uh, they've already been, uh, you know, shared a lot of information with us. Let us know about the people in their lives that they've lost. Now we want to talk a bit more about the grief journey, and we're going to start with Chandra. Why don't you tell us what your grief journey has been like? And then, LaTanya, you do the same. Sure. So back in 2014, when my mother passed away, um, suddenly we were actually on vacation, and we were thousands of miles away from home. 
And so what I have learned is that your journey, I think, initially starts when your when the person passes away, but the actual journey of grief begins after the funeral. Mm-hmm. I think you're still in shock in the beginning, and then your grief journey happens in what looks like, um, what are you going to do when you come home and you can't talk to this person every day? And my mother and I talked every day. Mm-hmm. So I think that one of the things that I have done is to just make sure that, um, one, in my grief journey, that I don't have a lot of regrets. Um, I have definitely um, tried to practice forgiveness, um, practice um, being able to completely articulate what I'm feeling and how I'm feeling. And um, as a result of my father's death, um, because both, as I shared with you, my parents' funerals were not the normal type of funerals. They were very, very public. Mm -hmm. And it was a lot of community that was involved because my parents touched a lot of people's lives. Mm-hmm. So what I have um, chosen to do was actually um, begin chronicling different things on a Facebook page called My Grief Chronicles and actually different things that may come up for me or things that um, feel that I feel. So I also mm-hmm. make sure that in my journey that I'm very honest about what I'm feeling and my emotions that I actually have as well. Okay. And what about you, Latanya? When I think about my grief journey, um, I don't know, for some reason it seems still um, surreal um, because our family, my immediate family was very small uh, with me, my mom, my sister, my grandparents, and my uncle. My grandparents passed in 2012. So when it's a grandparent, you know, in your mind, you're thinking, oh, um, you know, this is going to happen, and you try to brace yourself for it. Mm-hmm. But with this, I think the shock just stayed with me for so long. I had to get from central Illinois to Georgia all in mm-hmm. a matter of hours, which I'm still trying to figure out how that happened, and then um, take care of the arrangements. And my sister had a very strong network of friends um, Mm -hmm. down in the Atlanta area, and they were so extremely helpful to us. Um, She um, had attempted... She had attended Hampton Institute, so um, there was a whole other component to things. She sang in a, a prominent choir. It was just so mm-hmm. many things to take care of and, and people to contact, and, you know, this network of people, it just all kind of went out. So mm-hmm. I took care of that, and after the services, um, I had to take care of my sister, her, her property. My mm-hmm. mom was trying to establish residency in Georgia, so I mean, just so many things to take care of that I don't think I really began the grieving process until August by the time we got everything moving, and then I finally returned home. I had been home back and forth, but just not home to stay. In my home lived me and my son, and so when I came back in August, my son had said that he was ready to, like, move in with his dad. And I think the act of him leaving the home, I think it just shook me 
Um, because mm-hmm. that was another thing I was not prepared for. And mm-hmm. so I think it kind of all came um, crumbling down on me. <clears throat> I don't know if I went through a, a outward state of depression, but I know mm-hmm. inward I did. I know I felt just a lot of um, lo- loneliness. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sister and I, we didn't talk a whole lot. We talked a lot through our moms. <clears throat> so that was just different, too, because now I had a different level of responsibility toward my mom. The three of us, we all had a role that we played in our relationship, and we knew what it was, <clears throat> and now it had to be uh, redefined. So really thinking about what that uh, redefining was going to look like, Mm-hmm. And how I was going to be moving forward um, just in a new role that I had been put into. How was I just going to be, you know, just Latanya without Latanya and Lakita? And so mm-hmm. that process still kind of goes on today as we have, um, as my mother is aging, you know, mm-hmm. Lakita being a speech pathologist, even she wasn't a doctor, but she knew lots of doctors. So mm-hmm. she could always come back to me. Uh, with information, and so, you know, now I have to leave that up to my mom to tell me things. She's doing mm-hmm. pretty good with that. Um, mm-hmm. The holidays are really hard because we're very holiday-driven people. That's when we get together, and Lakita mm-hmm. often would surprise us. Like, she'd say, oh, I'm working so hard. I can't come to visit you all, and then voila, Christmas morning, she would be uh, ringing the doorbell or just really um, she was a person who liked to give um, gifts and surprises and got us every time. So mm-hmm. now we start um, Christmas Day. It's, um, the morning is dedicated to her, and we kind of go around and share um, things that we love and miss about her. And then we just make sure to keep her as a part of our you know, a part of our lives, and instead of trying mm-hmm. to um, not talk about it, you know, we just we just talk about it and we just mm-hmm. say, you know, when we miss her, we miss her, or you know, if I'm, um, you know, if I'm teary eyed about a song that I know that she loves and things like that, I just mm-hmm. allow myself to um, be in the moment and mm-hmm. you know, to know that she was alive and, and real um, to us. So mm-hmm. I think you're right when you say the grieving process is very much still um, moving forward because I don't know how to make it stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know that it that it ever stops. You know, it does change and evolve, but I don't think that, in my opinion, that it ever stops. And um, I like when you say be in the moment. And allowing yourself Mm -hmm. to express those emotions as they come up and to talk about her, because in some ways she 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 is alive to you. I mean, she was in your lives, like you Mm -hmm. said, for 40 some odd years, and that will never, ever go away. So even though her physical presence is no longer here, her aura, her spirit will, I think, forever be in your family. And no way that you'd ever be able to ignore that unless you chose to, right? Right, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and when we talk about grief, right, you know, one of the things I know is that it is not good to go through this alone. If you, and you mentioned, um, you know, Latanya, that Lakita had a strong network of people. 
So as you, as both of you are going through this, and you said the same thing too, uh, Chandra, that your parents were like they. It sounds like they just knew tons of people. Like they were well connected in the community. So, but now yeah, that and then are, we also have a very large family, mm-hmm. um, and so that also was a lot as well. Hmm. So yeah. how do, do you feel like you're alone in this? And, um, it, you know, is that is that a perception that you have or do you have support, anybody supporting you through your grief? And if so, what does that look and feel like? Uh, so start. I'm going to be, I'll Go start. This is Chandra. Um, mm-hmm. There are lonely moments where no one truly understands the loss of both of your parents and um, what it really means to lose parents, where, where you feel like you are alone. Um, what I have chosen to do, I definitely believe in therapy, mm-hmm. so I have a really good therapist. Um, but also I have attached um, myself to spaces of community because when my parents passed away, I had to learn and I had to like basically rebuild my village. So mm-hmm. I, I think I said it um, in my grief chronicles, you have your first responders that show up and they're there and they do whatever you need them to do. And then after two weeks, you have a couple of people that are still coming in saying, oh, I'll help you, I'll help you, I'll help you, and they're very helpful. And then you have your solid people who are just going to be there no matter what. Mm -hmm. And so I have found that I have actually had to rebuild what once was my village, like, mm-hmm. it's, like, looking very new right now. So mm. I'm still actually in the process of that. So, Addie, mm-hmm. that may be another topic of how do you rebuild your community mm-hmm. or your village when the village that you once knew isn't there anymore. Yeah, absolutely. And so are you saying, um, you know, just for clarification for me, are you saying that, you know, there were the people in your life kind of showed up in ways that you you didn't expect either they showed up in ways that were surprising to you or that some that you thought would have showed up probably did not show up as you thought they would have is that what you're saying so yeah it was a both and and so and I guess I could should give you some it was both and Mm -hmm. so I guess um yes there were people who showed up that completely surprised me I didn't expect and mm-hmm. then there were people who I expected to be there that were not there. So to mm-hmm. kind of give you context, I am I'm an empty nester. My son lives in Michigan. My brothers live in California and Georgia. So mm-hmm. it's basically just me in town as the only child. My nephew and his wife and children are with me. And so they definitely are there and provide me with support. But Mm -hmm. I guess as their aunt and great aunt, I kind of see myself more as like, I should be there for them. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I see that. And so what about you, LaTanya? How would you describe your support? I think my support is definitely my mom. I mean, we, we talk every day at least 
twice a day, which is something um, that we didn't do as much. And I think um, just taking for granted, me taking for granted, you know, that she lived with um, my sister. So, Mm -hmm. you know, so instead of talking to her four or five times a week, now we're talking every every day multiple times. Um, My support looks different, you know, because... um, you know, it's just it's just me. I have several groups of really awesome girlfriends um, who are like sisters to me that have been with me for a long time. Um, the group of people that put me on the plane to get to Atlanta, um, the and then they showed up in Atlanta. Um, you know, for the services was just beyond me. Um, a couple of awesome friends um, from work who are also like sisters to me. You know, people that knew my sister who I can talk about um, mm-hmm. her to uh, or who could remember something and share that with me. And then also that group of women um, in Atlanta who really helped me take care of my mom. I mean, we have a little text message group. I know that they, you know, are constantly not only just praying for us, but assisting us in any way we can, because I think the heaviest thing for me is knowing that my mom is so far away. She's always been in Chicago. So when she said, oh, I'm going to live in in Atlanta, I'm like, oh, okay, how does that work? Um, mm-hmm. But if she needs someone to accompany her to the doctor, if she needs her filters or her uh, her heating unit changed, them mm-hmm. along with their husbands and families and even their parents, they really help me. And so I've had to, I'm a person that often doesn't need much help. And mm-hmm. so I know for some people they might not know how um, to help me. But uh, for instance, like Chandra and I, we are friends and sorority sisters. And mm-hmm. she has been there like nobody um, that I, you know, just didn't expect that to happen like that. And so mm-hmm. I think for me, just allowing people to um, come for me, check on me, and and be okay with that, because that's something I probably normally wouldn't be okay with. Mm-hmm. And um, recently I lost my brother this year on my dad's side. And mm-hmm. I have to, and even since uh, my sister, my dad, he checks in, he checks in every every week, every sometimes every day. And so mm-hmm. that's something new for me to get used to as well in my 40s. Um, mm-hmm. But just really being open to that and allowing, just allowing things to happen. I have realized through all of this that I am not in control. God mm-hmm. is in control. And so when there um, are good things and good people coming my way, I have just learned to acquiesce to it. Yeah, absolutely. And what a lesson that is uh, out of this, right? Mm -hmm. To be able to open yourself up to receive the love and support that people are willing to give. That is that is definitely awesome. But, you know, even sometimes as well intentioned as people are, um, they can say the darndest things. (laughs) So, (laughs) so. can, do you have any examples of, of how people may have said something that was not very helpful to you, you know, when you were grieving? And and I guess we have to keep it short because we're coming right up on our next break. Either one of you can start. So I'm laughing because um, Latanya was present to 
witnessed what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, my father passed away at home, and there were a lot of people here, and his body was still in the house. And mm-hmm. I just said, can you guys give me a minute to just mm-hmm. let's get him out the house? And no one moved. And they said, well, we're family, so we're going to stay. Hmm. And they weren't family. <laughs> that wasn't helpful. <laughs> that was, yeah, they did that. It wasn't helpful. But it worked out, you know. But it worked out. I got you. <laughs> it worked out. Do you have an example of anything like that, Latanya, or not? Um, no, not like that. I think the people um, in my life, they just really wanted to be helpful and, um, you know, just during the planning of things, um, it, it got real interesting, but I'm grateful that I went into it with the right um, frame of mind, recognizing that other people loved her as much as me and my mom did, and we mm-hmm. just wanted to um, be inclusive. And sometimes that um, didn't always look the way we may have wanted it to look or some things may have been suggested that we thought, oh, okay, that's different. But just being open to the fact that, you know, everybody was doing things out of love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I, I, okay. And that's, I, I definitely understand that. So, okay, let's take a, let's go into our next break. This is our second break, and uh, we'll be back and continue our conversations. But just know that I'm speaking with Latanya Cobb and Chandra Somerville. Feel free to leave a comment about the show, if you would, please, on my Facebook page at Begin Within Counseling Services. Also, follow me on Twitter at Begin With Addie, and uh, we will continue our conversation after the break. We'll be right back. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are there times when you feel inadequate dealing with the difficult emotions of grieving families? Would you like to help these families but don't know where to start? If so, grief counselor Addie Anderson can help. Discover what many funeral homes already know about meeting the emotional needs of families that they serve. Be a valued resource to families during a time when they need it most. They'll appreciate your commitment to their well-being. Call Addie Anderson at 708-870-6255 to schedule a consultation. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Let's Talk About Grief with Addie Anderson. If you want more information about our program, please feel free to visit TherapyOakPark.net. That's TherapyOakPark.net. Now, back to Let's Talk About Grief. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening in. My guests today are Latanya Cobb and Chandra Somerville, and we're talking about coping with grief after a sudden death. And we've had, I think, a very good conversation, and we'll continue on. Uh, we talked a little bit earlier. Uh, I think it was Chandra that shared about her cousin um, dying by suicide. So 
And, you know, it's not unusual when people are dealing with some really intense grief that they themselves might have those same thoughts. And I'm not saying that either of you did, but I'd just be curious to know, like during your grief, have, have you ever wanted to hurt yourself in any way? And I know that's a difficult question, but um, who, who would, Latanya, will you start with that? Um, sure. No, I don't think I've ever wanted to hurt myself. I think that uh, when I think of grief, um, meaning like, the saddest thing that you can feel is heartbreak in itself. To me, sometimes it's probably maybe felt like death. Um, but because I know, you know, Lakita, and I know, you know, her connection with the Lord, mm-hmm. I know that she is definitely okay wherever mm-hmm. she is. And so it doesn't make me want to hurt myself, but it makes me want to be here to be a better person um, mm-hmm. for myself and for my children and for my mom. So, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I just want um, life, just life. Okay, I get that. Life. What about you, Chandra? Um, for me, it's more of been a, is this a bad dream? Um, mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm not awake for. But as far as directly answering your question, no, I have not thought about um, hurting myself or have had suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was really more of like, can I go to sleep and wake up and this is not even real? I think that's mm-hmm. how I have felt mm-hmm. um, more so than you know, just actual thoughts of, do I want to end it? But Mm -hmm. then again, when I think about the spirit of the people, I just want to keep living just Mm -hmm. a better life and being more connected with my family and um, people who who I love and people who love me as well. Mm -hmm. You know, both of you kind of have kind of alluded to, you know, my next question, but what has what has your experience of a sudden death taught you about life itself? You know, sometimes we need a loss. We can have a loss to teach us something about life. And I heard you say, uh, Latanya, that, you know, you just want to be there for your family, similar to what you said, Chandra. But is there anything specific that you can identify? Um, so for me, this is Chandra. It has taught me to get um, certain affairs in order, um, mm-hmm. really a st- looking into estate planning. Um, mm-hmm. Sudden death has taught me that. Okay. Is like really understanding estate planning from a different space that I never would have thought about before. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I you? definitely agree with that. I think... Um, after, well, I had already had a will previously, but needed to have it updated. And so right after Lakita just made sure my mom, all of her um, paperwork was in order as well as mine. Mm-hmm. And I know it's cliche um, that people often just say, um, I forgot what they say, <laughs> but I think that. <laughs> Um, life itself is just 
it's so much. And so, oh, I just try not to take things for granted. And mm-hmm. I try to take every day um, that comes as its own um, as its own day. I try mm-hmm. to travel a lot more than I used to. Um, like, tomorrow's not promised. That's what people say. Tomorrow's mm-hmm. not promised. Tomorrow is not promised. And I think mm-hmm. until you go through something like this, that is a sudden death that you really know that tomorrow is not promised. Um, mm. You know, you don't get to tell those loved ones that you really do love them. You don't get to, we want our way to um, Atlanta for a spring break trip two weeks um, after that. You know, we didn't get to do those things, making those plans. And so I do try to be more spontaneous in the things um, that I want to do. Um, I do recognize that tomorrow is not promised, and so I really do um, try to reach out to people and let them know that I I care about them and let mm-hmm. people know what my true um, intentions are. Mm-hmm. So really just living that tomorrow is not promised to you. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that is so true. And, you know, we talked about earlier how grief kind of continues. It just evolves over time. But as you're going on your journey, uh, do you experience triggers at all? Are there things that trigger uh, you, Chandra, to kind of remind you of something of your parents? Yes. Um, Sundays are hard. Sundays was like our day just to just be family. And so Sundays look very different for me. So um, over the past year, Sundays have, they're starting to feel different. So I've been intentional, I guess, for the past month of trying to make my Sundays not sad, but I'm trying to find some joy in my Sundays again. Mm-hmm. If that makes nope. any sense. It does. Sundays, um, so each each week, like I said, it's you're leading up, you've had a good week, and then here comes Sunday, and then it just can pour in all different types of emotions because mm-hmm. the places where you once were, they're not the same anymore. So mm-hmm. you have to work at what does it do so that Sunday can be wholesome for me again. Mm-hmm. So I am working through my Sundays is what I'm doing. Okay. And Latanya, I did hear you mention earlier too that you might hear a song or something that you know mm-hmm. that Lakita used to used to like. Uh, anything else that triggers for you? Um, songs, um, the holidays, just because we were big holiday people. Um, and sometimes just um, in, being in conversation um, with my mom about certain things. Some days, you know, you just wake up and, you know, it's like very fresh for you. So, you know, like you're going along life, it's fine. You go to sleep and you wake up. And sometimes I wake up and I'm thinking something's not not right. You know, we mm. have tons of photographs, um and just memories and this you know, um, even like our family reunion, you know, knowing mm-hmm. the role that she played in our family and being in that space with mm-hmm. other people without her is just strange. And mm-hmm. so like you said, it's just it's just something that 
will probably always be with me. And so I'm learning how to just cope with that. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, as a grief counselor, I see people, you know, all the time coming in to talk about their grief. And one of the things I hear quite often is that people actually will start to question their faith or get angry at God after a loss. Um, And I know both of you are very strong in your faith. Do you or have you had any experience in that? Did you question that at all at at any, any phase of your grief? I don't believe so, that um, I have. Um, I didn't. I don't believe I have um, because I under, I understand that we all must go. Um, it's just hard. Um, you know, it's easier. Like if you know somebody's sick, or if you know that they're older, then it's like, okay, this is going to come one day. But I think it's more the suddenness of it all um, that really makes you say, aha, but um, there's no playbook for how it's supposed to happen. You know, no one no one knows, and so um, I'm not upset because I know that it's supposed to happen and that it is, that it is ne- natural. It's just devastating all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Chandra? Yeah, for me, um, I've never questioned who God was in it, but I have definitely asked why now. Mm-hmm. And what um, I've learned over time through my journey um, with each death, it teaches me the why then or why now. So mm-hmm. with my mother, uh, my mother and I had gotten very close over the mm-hmm. past seven years of her life. And when she took her last breath, when I, you know, went to wake her up in the hotel room, um, I had completed her very last request, which was she had asked me to tie her hair up. We were mm-hmm. tired. We exhausted. And normally, you know, when you someone asks you, like, I'm tired. I don't want to do it. But I did it. Mm-hmm. And so at that very last moment, I felt that I had no regrets, and God actually used that to show me about me being a faithful daughter to mm. the very end. And so that kind of gave me comfort. So I asked mm. the questions, why now versus mm-hmm. why did this happen? Okay, okay. And as painful and uh, as heartbreaking as death can be, there is the thought that grief can really be the impetus to growth. And I don't know if you see it that way, but I can certainly hear growth in both of you. Do you believe that to be true? Let's start with you, Sean. Oh, I def- oh this is Latanya. I definitely oh, go ahead, believe Latanya. that that is true mm-hmm. because um, just of all the transitions that have happened um, in my life since that um, point in time, um, I've I feel more knowledgeable about so many things, um, and I feel like I am um, headed in the right direction, making um, good decisions um, regarding my life and my mom's life. And so I never could have anticipated it would 
um, be like this, but I think it's just, a, you know, a maturation process, and this is just a piece of the puzzle and all of that. Mm. Okay. And uh, Chandra, growth? Yes, absolutely. Um, I am... I'm right now because um, I moved into our family home, and Mm -hmm. um, I've had my own little condos. Just always has been just me and my my son, and now I feel where it's just me. Like I've grown to kind of see how do I carry out a legacy, yet not feeling the weight of I have to do it all. If that makes mm. any sense. Mm. Wow, and and that is some realization, right? Like epiphanies for yeah. you, I would imagine. And how does yeah. that feel? Does it feel good, or is it does it feel like it's still a work in progress? Um, it's definitely a work in progress because I'm still sorting through a lot of their estate, a lot of their things, mm-hmm. um, just a lot of. A lot of things. It's an abundance of things. Yeah, just just a lot to go through and a lot to take care of when when you lose someone, and especially when you lose uh, two people close together like you did with your parents. Yeah. So um, you know, it's it's been a pleasure to talk with both of you. You've shared some great information about your journey. Uh, It has been eye-opening for me, and I would imagine that a lot of people have found it to be the same way for them. Uh, If you could just have like a quick closing statement, what would you like to say to people out there who might be grieving as we're coming up on the end of the show? I guess I just want to say Mm it. It can get better with time if you allow it to, but mm-hmm. to just keep yourself open and allow yourself to feel those emotions, whatever it is, and that I think will help carry you through the wave of things instead of trying to close it off or, or stop it because okay. it's all a natural process. Okay. And what about you, Chandra, quickly? Um, if I could close, I would say um, start writing and charting your journey mm-hmm. so that you can see how much you have grown throughout your grieving process and continue to be kind to yourself. Mm. Thank mm. you. Thank you both. I like both of those. Uh, and I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, if you have a show idea or would like to be a guest on the show, please email me at letstalkgrief at gmail.com or call 708-870-6255. Be sure and listen next week when I will speak with Emily Edlin about how to deal with death and grief with our children. I want to thank you once again for listening and thank my guests, Latanya Cobb and Chandra Somerville. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for tuning in to Let's Talk About Grief. Please join your host, Addie Anderson, again next Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we speak again, be there for a loved one who might need you this week.